0: Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. March Madness kicks off with a bang and the economy sees some troubling signs. We'll have those top stories and more on today's podcast. we we'll are bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us, QuickStartPodcast at CBN.org. Go ahead and do it. We enjoy getting your emails for the most part. Joining me now, as always, to get through the news of the cray, as we like to call it here on the podcast, CBN's Traygons Phillips, Billy Halliwell, off today. Trey, what's going on? How is your Friday going? You know,
1: it's a good Friday, off to a good start. And for the man who cares nothing about <laughs> sports, happy March Madness to absolutely everyone. You know that there was one time many years ago, I did a bracket. You filled with a out bunch a bracket. Of people. I did a bracket uh, with a bunch of people who were sports fans, and I was the lone <laughs> not-sports fan, and guess who won? You did. No. I did. That's, I did.
0: That is amazing. It was
1: like 10, 15 people, and I won, and they were all very angry, but it's like, hey, you just go based on the, I look at the seed, where they are, and then, is their yeah. name cool?
0: Yeah. <laughs> if their name's cool, then I give them. <laughs> right. What is it, what's their logo? Do they got, have they got a good mascot? <laughs> right. Yeah, then let's do it. What do you have coming up on the uh, pod today?
1: So speaking of things that are on TV to watch, uh, Netflix is facing some backlash over a kid's show uh, and a particular scene in the show uh, that had to do with this new Mm. sexual revolution and non-binary identity, all that. We'll get into
0: it. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I mean, another, I mean, it just seems like they cannot avoid the controversy on some of these shows. And so we'll cover this latest one here. A lighter story on the main thing coming up. The dog of the year. It's been the same dog for years and years and years, but we had a controversial switch. And so John Stoltis is talking to um, Brandy Hunter, who's an expert on this. And so we'll get that conversation coming up here on a lighter uh, edition of the main thing on a Friday. But first, we're going to get through the news here. In 90 seconds, and the White House held a briefing on that downed U.S. drone that was knocked out of the sky by a Russian fighter jet. Even though the U.S. said they wouldn't be able to retrieve this fallen drone, it appears Russia has recovered parts of it. Stay tuned to CBN News for developing details on that story. Mortgage rates dropped this week in the wake of several bank failures reversing course after they had been rising a half a percentage point over the past month. so there's longer term uncertainty now in the economy that's expected to hamper a lot of home buyers and um, in these attempts to try to keep cost of buying uh, um, homes affordable. The 30-year fixed rate averaged 6.6 percent and uh, that was down from 6.73 percent the week before. And on a related note, office vacancy levels are approaching highs last seen during the savings and loan crisis in the 1980s. That's not something that you ever want your economy to be compared to. But this is all happening, of course, because the chickens are starting to come home to roost, so to speak, on people working at home. You know, these leases of companies are starting to finally decide, all right, I guess we don't need this space. And so you're having these levels of office vacancies that at um, uh, concerning levels. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Trey, I mean, we're seeing this more and more, uh, this movement to work at home really spurred on by the pandemic. And I think what you saw is people really started to see and companies started to see, okay, we can we can do this and be more efficient and in some cases raise our employees' um Happiness level or at least their contentment with their work situation and their work-life balance by working at home.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's been studies into how productive are employees who work at home. And obviously there are exceptions to the rule, but by and large, research has shown that employees who are working remotely are are actually accomplishing more and getting more done. Because think about it, a lot of times people work through lunch while they're sitting at their desk at home eating or wherever. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not dealing with the office politics of, uh, you know, infighting maybe in different groups or, you know, they're, they're not taking time at the water cooler and talking to one another. Yeah. Uh, they're actually working through the day and probably sometimes crossing unhealthy boundaries and working a little bit later and a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than they probably should. But either way, you know the the bottom line is is employees are are doing more work when they're working at home. And as you said, companies are saving potentially millions of dollars depending on the size of the company. So not having that space, I think, is uh, is a wise financial investment. But then I wonder too, infrastructure wise. What is that going to change about our economy? Because there's no longer these real estate companies that are making all this money for these now vacant office buildings and the employees that keep those buildings clean and up to date in code and and all that stuff. So it certainly is going to cause a lot of shifts in our economy.
0: You know, this is something that a lot of people hadn't even thought of. Oh, yeah, everyone's working at home now. No one's buying office space. What does that mean to the economy? It's just the latest ding that we have to be on the lookout for. So, all right. We're going to head to our next story now and Netflix facing some backlash over a recent episode of a kid's show. What's what's going on here? What what happened now?
1: So it's an animated series that's targeting preschoolers in particular. It's called Ridley Jones. Uh, it's drawing media attention over a character who comes out as non-binary uh, during an episode described by the show's creator as, quote, a roadmap for coming out. Uh, so the scene is from season five, which is the latest season of the show. It's about this young bison and her family. Uh, and this bison, her name is Winifred. Uh, she's working up the courage to finally tell her grandmother that she feels, quote, most myself when she's called Fred. Uh, the character went on to say that she wanted to use the pronouns they and them instead of she and her. Again, this is targeting two, three, four, five year old kids. Uh, and the character told her grandmother, uh, my heart says that the way I feel most myself is by going by the name Fred. That's because I'm non-binary and Fred is the name that fits me best. And I also use they and them because calling me a she or a he just doesn't feel right to me. Uh, the grandmother is apologetic for having called her Winifred and for having called her her granddaughter. Uh, and says that she will from now on call her Fred and use they and them instead of she and her because that is so hurtful uh, to this little young bison character. So mm. that's th- that's setting the scene of what actually unfolded.
0: Very interesting. I mean, we get so much grief as Christians for even bringing up God in any sphere of life, it seems. It's like you're jamming it down their throats whenever you do that, but then you have stuff like this aimed at kids, And very few people bat an eye at it. So what's been the response? Has it been received positively? Because we know the country's split on this issue. And what is Netflix doing?
1: Well, to your earlier point, yeah, the scene seems so forced. And you can go to faithwire.com and you can watch a short clip. It's about 30 seconds of the full episode. So it's not obviously the full thing. Um, But you can feel just kind of how forced this feels. It doesn't at all feel natural. It seems like it's, of course, just kind of... Um, feeding into an an agenda here. So a lot of people on social media have been chiming in, some to voice their support, but a lot of parents and concerned conservatives and certainly Christians voicing their problems uh, with the show because it's targeting children and it's on Netflix's vertical that's designed specifically for kids. And so if you don't have Netflix, they have a, a subsection of the streaming platform where you can go and the idea is parents can just click that channel and it's all content that's geared toward children and you know the conventional thinking is hey if we're watching a show that's in this kids vertical it's safe we don't need to worry about it uh, of course that's not uh, that's not the culture that we live in now uh, but a lot of these concerned parents were warning other parents of young kids hey, you might not have thought about the fact that there are going to be little scenes like this that have been snuck into different shows, because the show is overall benign, uh, but then they, they sneak in this little scene uh, at the end of the latest season, uh, and of course that raises a whole lot of questions uh, with kids, and you're having conversations at a much younger age than you maybe wanted to as parents, uh, so this is an interesting fact too, Dan. Netflix just announced this week that they're not renewing the series for another season. Uh, We should note that it's not really clear why Netflix chose to cancel the series. Uh, Some outlets are kind of jumping to to the claim that they're canceling it because of the backlash. Uh, But it might also just be that the series overall honestly didn't perform that well. It started in 2021. They've done five seasons. They're very short seasons. Um, and it might just be that subscribers didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the show and it never really took off. Of course, this backlash might factor in. But at this point, we just we don't know exactly what the reason is.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if it were the backlash just because a lot of these companies now seem to be more than willing to bend over yeah. backwards to appease these mobs on this particular issue. So is the, has the show's creator said anything? Do they Talk about the cancellation or just the controversy about what's going on and what's their response?
1: Yeah, so her name is Chris Nee. She's actually uh, talked about both the the backlash and then also the cancellation. Ne is best known for her series Doc McStuffins. If you have young kids, you've probably heard of or seen that show. It's very popular. It's on traditional like cable outlets, um, but this show was just for. Netflix. So this one about the, the little bison is just about Netflix. Uh, and she described, like I said, at the top of the episode or at the top of this conversation, that this is a roadmap for coming out. So she's been encouraging kids and parents to be watching this show because it might help kids understand their sexuality and and be comfortable to discuss it with their parents the same way this little bison character discussed it with her grandmother but as far as netflix canceling the show as she wrote on twitter it doesn't surprise me that netflix has quietly dumped the first preschool show that has a non-binary character coming out and she encouraged fans of the series to go and watch the episode to pump up the number of viewers that that episode in particular has had. Obviously, that's not necessarily going to make any difference on Netflix's decision that's already been made. But old episodes of the show, even though they're not going to make any new ones, are going to remain on the platform.
0: Hmm. It's very interesting because, I mean, we've been chronicling this conversation and this issue now because it just as much as I'm sure most Christians would not really get to have to spend much time on it it just keeps in issues like this and in instances like this in a TV show. It's just put out in front of us. We're, we're almost forced to respond. And I saw Minnesota yeah. Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan talking this week about tra- these laws about preventing trans kids from transitioning and mutilating their bodies and changing their genitalia. It's, um, Really disturbing to see a lieutenant governor here, someone in such a high position, say, listen, when your kids come out like this, like they're talking about in this show, you just need to listen to them. That's what being a good parent is. That's what she said. This mindset is apparently prevalent in America, and it's it's quite shocking to me, honestly, that even people across political spectrums would just defer your responsibility as a parent and just say, do whatever the kid says. doesn't seem wise
1: yeah, it's interesting. There's was a new survey that just came out from Summit Ministries that was talking about that very issue of of kids who are wanting to transition. Uh, maybe in school, outside of the purview of their parents, or they can't, you know, see what's happening or know what's happening. And then, of course, that starts the ball rolling, and they could move into getting hormone replacement therapy and, and and puberty blockers, all that kind of stuff. And the survey found that the majority of Americans actually disagree with that. And that's setting aside political differences. It's as long as they're a minor, uh, they shouldn't be allowed to have access to this kind of stuff. If they want to to identify however they want to identify, you can't stop a kid from saying saying that they're male or female or vice versa. But you can, of course, as a parent, you should have the authority to stop them from mutilating their own body until they're at least 18 years old. So the majority of Americans seem to be on the same page about that. But as far as indoctrination, you mentioned that earlier. It's ironic that it seems like it's, it's the left and the pro-transgender uh, crowd that's really forcing this conversation. It's not the Christians. We're just often responding and saying, no, we need to protect children. We need to draw the line somewhere. Uh, but the left seems to be pushing and pushing and pushing and forcing this conversation in society to where we're, we're reaching kind of a, a boiling point, right, where we're going to yeah. have to go ahead and have the conversation. And we're seeing that at school boards, particularly all around the country.
0: Yeah, indeed. And we're going to keep covering it as uh, this issue continues to play out on the national stage. Appreciate you bringing that story today. Trey, we are going to move on to the main thing now. And as I said, a lighter note today on this Friday edition of the main thing. John Stolness talked to Brandy Hunter Munden, who's VP of PR and communications for the American Kennel Club. And they just released their most popular dogs list for this year. And it's been the same dog for a long time now and there was a huge change at the top right now believe it or not this is causing controversy and uh, when you hear what type of dog it is i think you'll probably potentially understand why that's today's main
2: thing so brandy a big shakeup at the top of the akc's most popular breeds list this year which breed has ascended to the top of the list for the first time this year
3: The French Bulldog has unseated the lab for the first time in 31 years. So we are extremely shocked. Um, It's a very exciting time, but it's very interesting to see that the love for the Frenchie has expanded in such a way.
2: Are you surprised at all that the French Bull? I mean, you say you were shocked. So how how unprecedented is this? I mean, how long has it was the Labrador that was at the top of the list for, for such a long time? How big a shock was this? I mean, for a long time, right?
3: A very long time, 31 years, as a matter of fact, the Labrador was number one. So it came as a big shock to us. Not that people actually love Frenchies. It's just how many are coming through registration and things like that. And it doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything malicious going on, right? It's not overbreeding or anything like that. It's just that There are more Frenchie breeders. There is a demand for them, and people are clearly in love with them. So it's very interesting to see. The data did shock us. It is data, by the way. (laughs) Um, It did shock us quite a bit, but it's always interesting to see what America is in love with and where they're finding the right breed for them and what fits into their lifestyle. It helps us a lot with education and how we really put information out in the public. Do you get a sense for why the American people are so enamored with with French Bulldogs right now? Well, one, they're stinking cute. I mean, come on, look at those faces. Have you seen Winston? My goodness. Um, But they're also adaptable dogs. They're cuddle bugs. They really do enjoy being with their owners quite a bit. They are great for apartment living. Um, If you don't want a dog with a ton of energy, but maybe a couple of brisk walks that can really hang out with you and just kind of really just be that companion. This dog does that. They're very intelligent. They're good with kids. Um, they're good with people. You don't really see a lot of um, you don't see a lot of controversy when it comes to their temperament. They're very good dogs, and people are really loving them. I think with the shift in how we live, a lot of people are in apartments. That love for dogs never goes away, no matter where you live. If it's into a lot of you know apartment requirements as far as size and things like that, and it still gives you you know a dog that you can play with have fun with. They're not going to go running and hiking up mountains with you. That's not what they do, but they will, you know, hang out and Netflix and chill with you for sure.
2: Do you get the sense that this is a one-year thing or do you think this could be the start of a trend?
3: No, I think it's a bit of a trend. I don't know that they're going to reign as long as the lab, but I do know that the Frenchie love is very strong. You see it on social media. You see it in TV. You see it with celebrities. It's something that is very consistent. Will they reign as long as the labs? I cannot say because the labs are a wonderful, versatile dog and they hold a place in America's heart as well. So we might see a tug of war. We might see it up and down.
2: Now, anytime there's a big shift like this, there's obviously going to be reaction. I think you were hinting at it just a second ago. There are some who are not thrilled that the French Bulldogs have become so popular, mainly because I think they say people are trying to create designer dogs. And I know there are concerns about health issues with French Bulldogs and that proliferating the breed uh, just kind of creates more unhealthy dogs. What's your reaction to some of the reaction to your list?
3: Well, we have to be clear. We're not saying French Bulldogs are perfect dogs. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying go out and buy French Bulldogs. That's not what we're saying. We're saying this is what people are in love with at this time. And that's what we understand. We also stand that understand that humans are fallible. And part of what is going on with the breed is because there is a lot of greed and there are unscrupulous breeders. That's not to say that that's an excuse for any health issues that they might have, but there is work to be done. And the French Bulldog Club of America does a lot of excellent work, a lot of donation to canine health research to try and rectify some of these problems, but there are people who are breeding for colors, not health. They're not health testing and they're not doing right by the breed. And that is a concern for those who own Frenchies, those who breed Frenchies, those who have dedicated their lives fr- to Frenchies and for the AKC. We advocate for responsible breeding. We advocate for health testing. And there's a reason why we're a pedigree registry, not just at any dog registry. There's a reason for that. So we donate a lot of money To canine health research, over $67 million to date, and we will not stop going. And it is to better the breeds like the Frenchie and several others, and to try and eliminate some of their health issues. So we totally understand the concern of people. We are not oblivious to it. But again, we are not saying these are perfect dogs. We are saying this is what people are in love with. Right. You're
2: just you're just uh, don't shoot the messenger kind of a thing here. Uh,
3: (laughs) Actually, yes, because a lot of people tend to think, oh, AKC is the reason why the dogs look like this. That's actually not it. There is a breed standard. People don't understand that. There are many people that don't that breed Frenchies that are not part of AKC at all, not even a part of the parent club for AKC. And they don't even know what the health standard or the testing standard or the breed standard is for a Frenchie. And that's where the breed really does end up suffering. And we really hope that people will educate themselves because they are a wonderful breed and work with responsible breeders because you can have a 13, 14-year-old Frenchie. I've seen them. Um, Same with pugs, same with chihuahuas, same with a lot of breeds. So we really hope that people educate themselves because it's the irresponsible breeding, the lack of concern for health, the lack of concern for a standard. There's a reason why those things are in place. And it's not the AKC saying, hey, every Frenchie is just great, good, and wonderful. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, there's a way to do it responsibly. And that's what you should be focused on. And that's who you should work with. Going on Facebook and finding a dog and meeting in a Walmart parking lot is not going to yield the results you want. And we're really trying to keep people away from that.
2: Right. No, Fred, then those are all good points and and very well taken. So um, with regard to the rest of the top of your list, you have the French Bulldog at one. The labs did hold on to the number two spot. So they they held on strong. Uh, What about what were some of the other most popular dogs on your list?
3: golden retrievers, poodles, and German shepherds. Um, A lot of people are shocked by the poodle. And let's be clear, poodles are my bad, I'm not gonna say the word, dog. They are extremely versatile. They can do spaniel tests, they can swim, they can run, they can jump. And a lot of people get misled by the cut that you see in the dog show ring. But that's actually a design for their bodies so that when they were to jump into cold water, it would protect their organs. They are not just a foo-foo dog. They are a wonderful breed. They can run, jump, and play with you just as much as a lab can. And they are a ton of fun, highly intelligent, extremely intuitive. You have German Shepherds that, who doesn't love a German Shepherd? Not only are they beloved dog breeds in the country, beloved dog breed in the country, but also, you know, they do a lot of wonderful work for our communities, police work, military work there's still not technology that's de- developed that's better than a dog's nose. So, you know, that is an important part that they not only are beloved, but they also do a lot of work to keep us safe. You had the German Shorthaired pointer in the top 10. It's another one that works to keep us safe. You have Rottweilers, which many people are shocked by, but you know what? Rottweilers are excellent family dogs. We tell people all the time, it is the deed, not the breed. If you train a dog to be aggressive, that's what they're gonna do if be a dog to have, you know, to lean into their temperament and was actually in their temperament, they can be excellent family dogs and people really do love them. I've gotten on the floor and played with Rottweilers at Meet the Breeds and just given them belly rubs. No aggression whatsoever. So we tell people when you're looking at this list, just because it's popular does not mean it's the right breed for you. We recognize over 200 breeds. We have breeds in our miscellaneous class. We have breeds in FSS. There are so many dog breeds out there. Popular does not mean You should go out and get it. It means this is what we're in love with right now. Do the research and assess your lifestyle and then find what breed you want to bring home.
2: That that is really good advice.
3: So last question for you. What is your favorite breed? Do you have one? (laughs) I have fallen in love with about 189 out of the 200 we recognize at this point. But I do have a West Highland White Terrier named Bruno. registered name. We definitely talk about Bruno. And he is absolutely adorable. I also have two rescues at home, a 65 pounder and a 20 pounder. So I am all across the ownership spectrum and he is my first terrier. I am madly in love with the breed. I've never seen uh, a breed with so much personality. It's so much fun. And they're, they're my favorite now, but I do have a couple on my list that if my husband will not file for divorce, I will own in this lifetime.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we, we had Gordon Setters growing up in, in my house, which is not, you know, one of the most popular dogs. But my we but love they're them.
3: increasing.
2: Are they? Oh, that's good they to hear.
3: Are. They're increasing in popularity. They were one hundred and thirteen in twenty twenty one. And now they're at ninety nine. We are wow. excited about that.
2: Well, it's a fun list. And and Brandy, if people want to learn more about AKC and they want to see the full list and, and learn more about it, how can they do that?
3: Go to www.akc.org. The full list is there. We have a breed selector tool that will also help you out. And don't be afraid to click on our FSS and miscellaneous breeds. There's a couple I've fallen in love with there as well. They're different. They're not at full recognition yet, and they may be a little bit harder to find. But if you're looking for something unique, you do not have to go designer. We have plenty of breeds for you to choose from.
2: Brandy, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
2: All right, John,
0: thanks for that conversation there. And I knew it wasn't going to be golden retrievers, by the way, on that list, Trey, because I have a golden retriever and she's very lovable. But she also <laughs> destroys everything in my house by chewing it and whatever. So um, so I, know, I don't, I I don't never, know that they'd ever win.
1: I, n- I never know what's going to happen when we wake up on Monday mornings after a weekend. What has Dan's dog eaten <laughs> this weekend? You yep. we never know.
0: Yep. My dog is uh, named Little Anne from after the book, Where the Red Fern Grows, and her nickname is Little Anarchy, and it's for a reason. It's for a reason. So anyway, I digress. That leaves us with time for one last thing, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 10 here, and this is the part where uh, he had sent out the disciples of 72, and they return, and they're very excited because they're able to cast out demons in Jesus' name, and they're having all this impact and Jesus says, that's great. Um, I'm very excited about that. I'm paraphrasing here. But he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And I just thought that was really kind of poignant that Jesus is saying, yeah, that's a good thing, but here's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a fantastic reminder because I think our human tendency, at least my tendency, is to sometimes fall into... Uh, rejoicing and even worshiping the creation rather than the creator or celebrating and idolizing the blessing over the one who gave us the blessing. Uh, So what a, what a great reminder from Christ himself saying, look, this is great, but this is not as great as the eternal glory that awaits you now that you're part of the, the lamb's book of life.
0: Yes, absolutely. And a great place to leave it here on this Friday as we head into the weekend. As always, don't forget. Get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com and check out the CBN News YouTube channel as well. We got a lot of video content going up there on a daily basis, interviews from yours truly and our team here uh, frequently throughout the week. So, Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We'll be back here on Monday with more. God bless. See you then.